Welcome to this week's edition of Everything Fast Pitch by Fast Pitch Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 190. We're sneaking up on 200 again, my friend. Awesome. That's fantastic. We've got a really good show lined up for you today. In our warm-up segment, we're going to talk about our City of the Week, Player of the Week, Equipment Tip of the Week, have a fun Did You Know and another great listener question. In our lead-off topic, we're going to talk about putting together a shopping list of things that players need um, now that we're getting close to the holidays. In the cleanup segment, we're going to talk about the fall signing period, which uh, uh, began on November 10th and uh, runs for a week and some things that kind of go along with that. Cool. And then in our coaching tip of the week, we're just going to do a WTH moment uh, that, that struck me uh, uh, this last uh, week uh, watching a couple of practices and just want to uh, share some thoughts with some coaches, kind of hopefully get us all back on track. So before we uh, get into the body of the show, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. And please make sure you take advantage of that EFP20. It's a great way for you to save some money and also help Coach Don and I out with everything fast pitch at the same time. Also, if you want to help us out with everything fast pitch and coach prep, become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. There's three different levels of support. Uh, we're very fortunate. We've got a great group of, group of patrons that have been supporting us for a while, and they are the people that have kept this show on the road. Um, but if you're in a position, if you see value in what we're doing, uh, that you could possibly help us become a patron. Coach Don and I would really appreciate the support and appreciate the help. Um, again, go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. So in our warm-up segment, Don, let's talk about our city of the week, Eunice, Louisiana. Hey, we love Louisiana. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun part of the country. I've been in New Orleans a couple of different times for the uh, NFCA Coaches yep. Convention. That's always um, fun. Obviously a yep. place that always has memories. It's in a part of the country that seems to be the unluckiest maybe part of the country when it comes to storms and big weather and problems at different times of the year, sure. which adds a level of uh, respect to me when I think about people who live there, because you know they know that it's going to happen, and it's going to happen periodically, uh, but they just keep grinding right on through it and, and keep uh, living their lives and, and doing the stuff that they need to do. Uh, but Louisiana is a softball hotbed. It's a place where a lot of really good teams are, are playing, a lot of great players come from. Obviously, you've got a couple of amazing college programs with LSU, University of Louisiana, and Lafayette. And so obviously uh, softball is a big deal, and, and to see the numbers jumping up in Eunice was exciting for us this week. No, that's fantastic. I, uh, again, like you said, Tori, probably the most fun I've ever had. Convention there. So yeah. That's a great place. It's, it definitely is. So as we always do, please find people that are not listening. Help us grow the numbers. If there's somebody that you know that's not listening to everything fast pitch or coach prep that's a fast pitch person, let's get them on board. Let's get them to listen once. And my guess is that if they listen once, they're going to see the value in what we're doing. They're going to want to come back and become regular listeners, and we would certainly appreciate that. So help spread the word. And again, thanks to Eunice, Louisiana. Our player of the week this week is Hiile Gomez. She plays for the Washington Acers 12U Lillenberg team. 
outstanding player, outstanding student, uh, has been doing a great job in the classroom, on the field. Her dad, Alan, uh, sent us the nomination. Had a, a pretty lengthy list of things that, uh, that Hele has accomplished as a player so far. Um, and obviously at, at this age, to see her dedication and, and, and work ethic to be at this elevated level, it's a very exciting thing for what the future could hold. That's exciting. She sound, it sounds like she's going over and above in, in all areas, and uh, that's what we're all about. Yeah. yeah. One, one of the things when we talk about the player of the week, uh, we're always uh, trying to find players that are accomplishing big things on the field, but also big things in the other areas of their lives, in the community or in the classroom. And when you see a kid that uh, definitely is touching all the bases, so to speak, that's uh, accomplishing things in all those areas, it's just a very exciting thing. And, uh, and we would love for all of you to tell us about those kinds of players that you have in your life. So please uh, nominate players for Player of the Week. It's easy to do, right? Yep. Just email us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. We would love to recognize uh, players. Just uh, send us a few of the particulars, uh, a couple of notes about why you think they are worthy of being recognized, and we will add them to the list and consider them to be the Fast Pitch Prep Player of the Week. And again, congratulations to Hiile Gomes. You are the Fast Pitch Prep Player of the Week. Great job. So our equipment tip of the week, Don, let's keep talking about the Square Cuts training discs. We've got a question here in a, in a second that uh, came to us that we're going to talk about in our leadoff t- uh, topic today. But the Square Cuts training discs is a, a great gift for a Christmas idea. They're available. We can get them to you quickly, and uh, then you've got them in hand and uh, you know not worrying about that through the holiday. Right. And they're $49.95 a dozen. It's a great tool. You're going to get tons and tons of uh, use out of them. It's a great hitting tool. Um, we know... From what our customers are telling us, they're using it for a lot of other things as well. Just very versatile. You know, Don mentioned the other day that one of his clients is reorders. Yeah, yeah. Have, has liked them enough that they're getting another couple of sets. We also had a mom that was really happy to have her daughter hitting something in the basement that didn't make quite as much noise no doubt. Um, as hitting a real softball. And we know heading into the winter months, um, there's going to be a whole lot more in the house, in the garage training. And it's a great tool uh, to give feedback on how you're hitting. But it's also a great tool to give feedback while making the neighbors a little bit less frustrated with the sound of balls banging off of bats at uh, 9 or 10 o'clock at night. I was going to say that's kind of the equivalent to uh, a drum set, right? Yeah. They came out with the uh, electronic drums and a headset for them, and that was like gold as well, right? Yeah. So um, it makes you a much more popular person in the neighborhood. <laughs> so uh, check out the uh, Square Cuts training discs. Go to the fastpitchprep.com website. You can order them there. Again, forty nine ninety five a dozen. When you uh, place your order, go to the discount code and enter ILISTEN21. As a listener of the podcast, that's going to get you a 10% discount. It's ILISTEN and then the number's 21. That's the fastpitchprep.com website. So, Don, did you know, last week we talked a little bit about Sue Enquist and the role that she played with helping the volleyball, volleyball team win yep, the yep. gold medal. Well, found another interesting uh, Sue Enquist twist. Don knows that uh, I like to watch movies. Uh, I think our listeners have heard over <laughs> over time that there's a lot of sports movies that I'm really a fan of. And then there's some movies that I'm not really quite so in, enamored with, not that I'm a snob or anything, but I'm not much of a rom-com kind of guy uh, as much as I like uh, um, some other types the of movies. Sci-fis. And- there was a movie said uh, the title of the movie was How Do You Know? And it starred Reese Witherspoon. And, uh, you know, Should Re- be good. Re- Reese yeah. Witherspoon, big famous actress. Yeah. Part of the backstory to the movie is that she is supposedly a world-class softball player who's trying out for the U.S. Olympic team. That is and, cool. And get, gets cut from the Olympic team. And in the scene, 
where I think she seals her fate because she gets hit in the head with a softball because she's distracted by her phone ringing, so she stops watching <laughs> and starts looking you know, for her bat bag, which was like three feet away from her on the field to answer her phone, kind of sealed carry him around on the yeah, field, right? Kind of sealed the deal. But there were some, uh, you know, some of the Team USA legends, uh, Crystal Bustos, Andre Duran, Lovey Young, and a few other people that you would all recognize in that scene. Uh, the Sue Enquist connection was they brought in Sue Enquist to try to teach Reese Witherspoon enough about softball and how to play the game enough that she wouldn't humiliate herself, embarrass herself in these softball scenes in the movie. Now, I'm kind of torn on this because why would you bring in one of the greatest coaches ever to teach an actor uh, how to play softball and then not ask that coach's opinion about her getting hurt in a scene because she's not paying attention because she's got her cell phone with her on the field? I'm a little bit conflicted on that one. This is all going to tie back together with the rest of the show, right? Yeah. So so how do you know a Reese Witherspoon movie? Uh, but it's just one more area where Sue Enquist, the UCLA legendary coach that we've talked about in the past quite a bit, um, ha- has made an impact. If you like those kinds of movies, if you're a Reese Witherspoon fan or a How Do You Know fan, uh, you want to check it out. Um, but if you're a softball fan, I think you're going to go, oh, man, oh, come a, on. Get a couple of giggles. Yeah, yeah you're going to definitely get a couple of giggles. So, um, But did you know Sue Enquist was the technical advisor on the movie How Do You Know? Pretty Listener cool. question this week comes to us from David. And David's uh, email was pretty lengthy, so I'm going to kind of pull out a couple of sentences that I think really sum up uh, what he was talking about. My daughter's travel ball coach has basically taken over all the aspects of her college recruiting. He seems very knowledgeable, and he was very enthusiastic to get involved. makes me a little bit nervous, though, because I don't know if this is a good strategy for my daughter or not. What do you guys think? Is this good or not good? That gets to be a little bit tricky, Tori, because it's an important part of what a lot of people are doing. And the recruiting piece is, you know, one where we don't want to be crisscrossing or stepping on toes, right? You know, we've talked many times about being coordinated in the things that we do and presenting information to these college coaches. So if they have a big interest in being a part of it, so they need to make sure that it's coordinated and, uh, and I guess, unified to be in a really good presentation of all the... Uh, information and timing and skills and things that they need to. Right. Well, and I, honestly, I wish I could have had a conversation with David to kind of pick at this a little feel. bit, a little bit yep. better feel. One, I don't know for sure what he and his daughter were doing previously to work on a recruiting. I don't r- know what age and where we're she at. is. I sent him yeah. an email, but I did not get a response back, and I asked him a couple of questions. The idea of having a travel ball coach that's willing to and, and wants to get actively involved in helping a player with their recruiting, I think is a, a positive thing. But I think it should be helping with your recruiting, right. not taking over all aspects of your recruiting. And I think that's the, the question that I have in the balancing act that I think we have to strike. I think a really good travel ball coach is going to work really hard to help their players get recruited. Use They're going their contacts to yeah, and, yeah. And, and make phone calls and you know, work the crowd at the games and those kinds of things and make sure that they're, they're spreading the word and doing a good job of, of uh, ta- you know, talking to the college coaches about the player's strengths and weaknesses. But the idea of that person saying that they're going to take over the whole thing, that they're going to run the whole show, makes me nervous on a couple of fronts. Number one, I think that the biggest mistake that this could be a part of is that it sets players up then for being disappointed later because things that they thought were getting done, things that they thought should have gotten done, might not have gotten done or not done as well as they wanted them to. I think a lot of the travel ball coaches go into it with the best of intentions, but sometimes what they're 
abilities are, what their uh, commitment to the, the recruitment of that player might be, could be vastly different than what that player's expectations are. No, and that's where communication on all that, Tori, I think is critical because once a, a spring season at whatever year is gone, it's gone. Yeah. And that might have been the timely you know, moment that we needed to make connections and do things. And I think they need to work hand in hand. And like you said, it's exciting when a travel ball coach is willing to do some of those things. If they're seasoned and very in tune with what's needed, I think that's awesome. But also, too, I'm curious about what level they're at. Because, you know, some of these high, you know, higher level teams are already getting tons of exposure, whereas some of the mid-level groups might not be getting as much eye attention and, you know, naturally just being seen, you know, at tournaments. So that might play a factor too. Right. So what I would say for David is, is it good or not good? Um, I don't think it's one or the other. I think there's things about it that are good and there's things about it that are not good. So I think your daughter and you as a family should still be very actively involved in I, what's going on. I you like should, what you're saying about that, Tori. Yeah, you, yeah. Should, you should be corresponding. You should be sending emails. Um, you should be you know, sending tweets. You should be you know, sharing and liking and following and all that stuff because that's going to create an opportunity for you as the player involved to actively influence what's happening and to really know what's going on. I don't think for a player that it's good for their travel ball coach to tell them, well, this is what, co- what coach so-and-so said and have to be the filter of, of how that information is getting back to the player. I think it's much better for the player to read the email herself, to see the, the post herself, to hear the conversation herself so she knows for sure. It's exciting. Um, yeah, what, yep. and, and, and Encouraging. Just, and and yep. to have a feel for how interested that coach really might be. Because I think for a lot of the travel ball coaches, you wouldn't necessarily want to hurt somebody's feelings. And so let's say one of your players says, I want to go to UCLA. And that coach has connections enough that they could actually call Kelly Inouye Perez and, and, and have a conversation with them about that player. If UCLA's response is, yeah, we like her. She's pretty good. You know, yeah, we might be interested. That's a whole different message that the player should be hearing versus the travel ball coach who not wanting to hurt their own player's feelings might say, yeah, we had a great talk. And right. she had a lot to say. You know, she was really flattering about you as a player. And so I think it's important for the player and her family to be involved in that conversation to you know, have an ear to the, to the grindstone so they can know for sure exactly what's going on. The other thing is that I think that a lot of times coaches volunteer to get involved and then they find out that you know, helping a player is not a, a, as easy as they or as time-friendly as they might have thought it was going to be. Um, if you've got two or three or four players on your team and you're trying to run the recruiting for all of them, that means an awful lot of time on the phone, an awful lot of time you know, doing different things to you know, spread the word about your players. You have a, a good friend, John, um, who's you know, gone through this uh, uh, recruiting thing one time, but you know, he's, he's got his own business. He's kind of you know, his own boss. If he takes an hour off during the day to spend on the phone talking to a college coach, easy. Yeah, it's easy for him because nobody's going to fire him. You know, no, nobody's going to you know, hold his feet to the fire because you know, he was uh, talking on the phone instead of doing his job. Well, if I'm a travel ball coach and uh, you know, I have to sell more insurance policies to feed my family or I have to do whatever I need to do at my tough, job to, trade. Yeah, to, to get stuff done, <laughs> and it works out that you know, UCLA is only available at 1 o'clock my time, and that's when I'm supposed to be in the busiest part of my day at work. Right. All of a sudden, those good intentions might end up falling flat. So, so I think it's good that the coach wants to be involved, 
not good that they're trying to be totally in control. So I think we need to find a balance. I would go back to your travel ball coach, Dave, and say, hey, we appreciate the support. We appreciate your help. But we want to work together with you. This is too important of a decision for our families. This is too important of a decision for my daughter for us to just leave it in your hands. You know, we need to be more involved. Um, we want to take full advantage of all of your willingness to help, but we want to make sure that you know, we're doing our part too um, so that we're all you know, like one unified team, as you said earlier, Don, that's, that's sending the same message over and over again. And that shouldn't be a weird thing. You don't want to push that coach away or, or shut that door like you're saying. And that would be alarming if it was a weird thing, if, right. if they didn't want you to be involved. Yeah, well, if, you, if David, if you go back to your coach with that and he gets offended or he acts put out or like, how dare you, you know, not want me to make all these decisions for you, then I think that says something about what this that would be situation odd. is. That would, yeah, yeah. that would definitely scare me a little bit too. So David, I hope that helps. Thank you for reaching out to us with the listener question. Um, as always, if you have a question, comment, suggestion, idea, um, something you would like Coach Don and I to talk about, Please make sure you reach out to us again at fastpitchprep at gmail.com or everythingfastpitch at gmail.com. And David, your Everything Fast Pitch t-shirt's in the mail, and uh, please wear it proudly. So let's uh, head into our leadoff topic. Our leadoff topic is sponsored by Elite Sporting Goods. Elite's located at 905 Grayson Highway in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Phone number there is 678-377-0270. You can also contact them at elitesportsorders at yahoo.com. Anything you need, equipment. Uh, uniforms, spirit wear, the whole nine yards to reach out to the folks at Elite, and they're happy to ship anywhere in the country. And I think that's an interesting segue for our sponsor being a sporting goods store. Andy sent me an email. His granddaughter has fallen in love with the game of softball. And Andy flat out says, I don't know anything about it, but I'm in a position where I can do some stuff to help her. I want to make sure that she's got all the right equipment, that she's got all the right opportunities so she can go as far in the game as she wants to. And so, Andy, I think that's an amazing thing. Yeah. But Andy asks for some help. He says, well, what should I be doing? What are the things I need to get for her? And uh, in his email, he mentions, well, of course, you know, I could get her a bat or a glove, but I'm sure there's other things that she needs to have or that would be good for her to have besides just that basic equipment. And I think that's a really interesting topic for us to talk about. Obviously, we're heading into the holidays. Christmas is just around the corner. And we mentioned in our add earlier our discussion earlier about our equipment tip of the week that the square cuts training disc is something gotta Um, have them yeah i did send him a link so he can order some hopefully he will but there's other things too that i think besides a bat and a glove that are a good investment if you're a grandparent parent trying to think of things that i can do stuff that i can get for my softball player that would be, be beneficial that would help them have what they need to work on their game to develop their skills and so you know, some of the equipment stuff that I thought about, Don, is just some of the most basic things that I think we all kind of take for granted. But obviously in Andy's situation, he's, you know, he's looking for all the information I can. So if some of this stuff for our veterans seems a little, well, obviously they should have that. Well, of course you should have that. But every kid should have a bonnet. Sure. Or a bonnet type net that they can hit into at home. You know, whether it's a, a professionally made purchased, you know, product or, you know, a old blanket that's hanging over a clothesline. Whatever it is. What's the approximate um, cost on some of those things? Yeah, th- like those kinds of things are, are in that hundred dollar range. Yeah. yeah. But I think something like that is a is a great investment because then that allows the softball player to have a way to do some homework, to do some things at, at the house to reinforce the things that they're learning with their team that they're learning in other places. And so I think that's a, a really good investment. If you're gonna have a bonnet, gotta you have, have a, a T. Yep. And, and then you got to have some balls to go with it. But a tee is a good investment. And I always recommend getting a, a 
higher quality tea. For sure. Because it's going to serve the purposes that we're trying to serve, but it's also going to be more durable. It's going to hold up well. Um, it's not going to be something that's breaking all the time that, that discourages a player from getting her work in. It, it's like buying uh, wiffle balls at Walmart. You hit them three times and they cut in half like an Oreo cookie. You know, they just split right down the middle. If you buy quality tea, it's going to be there for her and uh, definitely something to hit, right? right? Like the square cuts training disc yep. and or wiffle balls or regular balls yep. as well. And, and so the, the home hitting setup, I think, is a good idea. Now, if you want to take it to a whole nother level, I've seen families that have put batting cages in the backyard. Um, they come up with some sort of a adapted batting cage in the basement where they can actually hit a ball that's being tossed or pitched. And again, depending upon your situation at the house where you're living, if you're living in a tiny New York City apartment, the idea of a, a home batting cage probably doesn't make sense. But if you've got a house that's got a basement, if you've got a house that has a yard, there's lots of different types of batting cages that are out there on the market. Some of them are you know, 25, 30 feet long, still certainly plenty big enough that you can set them up and use them at the house. You know, going along that same line, I think that that's a, definitely a, a big step up in commitment and, and, uh, and expense. But, you know, in that uh, $1,500 range, you can get a snap-together home batting cage that uh, would serve a lot of purposes and would be very, very useful if that's something that you wanted to go for. And that could be something you put up and take down if you needed to or whatever, right. not necessarily a permanent structure. Yeah, you don't have to uh, set concrete in the backyard and put posts in the ground. You can. Uh, I have one uh, that we've used for camps hundreds of times. It's a little bit of a pain in the butt to set up and take down, but it is something one person can do. Um, you just have to Practice with it a little bit to figure out the technique so that you can do it. You don't even need a ladder um, as long as you know what you're doing. So as you're talking about those things, Tori, I'm also thinking about conditioning tools. Yep. You know, things, uh, you know, things that we can do to strengthen our forearms, our hands and forearms. Jump rope are a very simple thing, but footwork, you know, as a conditioning thing or just, you know, foot quickness and coordination and things like that. The, the movements in jumping rope, I think, are good for your forearms, good for your shoulders. You know, that's ideal and, and really very easy. Yeah. And then, then it walks me into an agility ladder. You know, if you've got an area or a space, like you said, in the basement that's in either a finished or unfinished basement or out in the yard, you can throw an agility ladder out there and, and work on your footwork. Yeah. And who wouldn't want, you know, better footwork there? Again, whether it's something that you purchase or something that you create, in many camp settings, we've made our own agility ladders on the concrete floor using duct tape. Sure. And eventually it gets, you know, scuffed up Snag. a little bit. You got to, you know, yeah. you got to repair it or fix it. And if we're looking at ways to work on that speed and agility stuff, to work on the footwork, the coordination, all those different things. You know, some things that we think of as uh, old school strength tools, like the grip strength things, you know, the little squeezy, what I you know, love them. You know, th those are good. Um, those handy hand strength developers that, uh, uh, that Danielle was talking about when she was on you know, a while back. Um, there's a lot of those different kinds of products out there. The wrist um, roll, yeah, you roll the, the rope up, and yeah. Yep. And again, some of them you can make your own if you if you want to go that route. You know, there's also between uh, the different uh, online shopping services, plenty of ways um, for you to um, have access to all kinds of different uh, at home gadgets and and uh, strength and conditioning stuff. Another one I thought of, Don, was depending upon your location is. You know, sign your daughter or granddaughter up for some lessons. You know, do a we've had people do that a five holiday, a five yeah. uh, lesson package <clears throat> or a ten lesson package, and let your softball player get in with a, a hitting coach or a pitching coach. 
you know, sort of gift card the idea of, you know, a month's worth worth or a year's worth of That's lessons. Awesome. And then that way, if, if you feel like, as Andy says, I don't know anything about softball, well, but want to help, but want to yeah. help. If you're in a place where you can get that uh, opportunity, um, you know, I think that's a great idea. Um, if you're not someplace where it's readily available, where you have quality instructors that are nearby, um, there's a lot of online services now that work also. So you can do, uh, you know, Zoom lessons like virtual. and virtual lessons. Yep. And that's a good thing. PageTons.com. Paige has got her game ready. I um, was about to say. Yeah, her yeah. game game ready uh, confidence program, which is very, very affordable. I think it's $19. You know, what a, what a great stocking stuffer to put something under the tree or to and give something for your kids. Get that kids. kind of encouragement and yeah. confidence. And, yeah. and to have them have the tools that they need to keep doing those kinds of things. Uh, another one is you could let them go to a big camp someplace. You know, if, uh, uh, if your softball player year, is, a, uh, is a, a really you know, enthusiastic and wants to go to one of the holiday camps that are someplace around it's the country here in the winter. for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, or even... Uh, go to a big summer camp someplace at one of the big schools. You know, you can go to an Alabama camp or a Florida camp and spend three or four days living on campus and, and doing the whole week-long camp idea. So there's a lot of those kinds of things out there, too, that I think would be very exciting for a younger, for a player of any age, but definitely for a younger player to get that would, again, be helpful for them to gain experience and gain knowledge. Well, I think all of those things, Tori, are just that one step, you know, over and above what most people are doing. So I think yeah. all those things will help give her a little bit of an advantage. So that's great. Yeah. But so there's a lot of things out there in the, the I think, you know, uh, range in cost can be, you know, everything from almost free. I mean, you can make your own agility ladder on the concrete in the basement with a roll of duct tape. And what's yep. a roll of duct tape? Five bucks. Right. So you can spend $5 and create a little workout space uh, for your player in the basement. And that could be your way of helping them. That could be your gift to them to help them. It could be a Five, six, ten, fifteen dollar investment in some handy home workout equipment or or something like that. It could be you know a dozen softballs at forty bucks a dozen. It could be a dozen square cuts training discs at forty nine ninety five a dozen. It could I'm going be with that ten dollar jump rope. Yeah, it, it could be a bonehead at a hundred bucks or yeah. one hundred and twenty bucks. You know, it could be a tee at at sixty or seventy or eighty dollars. It could be a cage at fifteen hundred bucks. You know, it could be a you know a summer extravaganza where three weeks in a row. You send your, your send your softball different player camp. to four different camps. It could yep. be a year worth of lessons with a really good instructor in your area. So there's a million ways that you can go about doing this, depending upon you know where you're at and how much you want to spend. The idea that Andy's thinking about ways that he can get involved and try to help his granddaughter have as much fun playing the game as possible, I think is a really exciting thing. I think it's a fun thing for our uh, listeners to be pondering on, because I think sometimes we just lose focus on you know, what, what's our goal for all of us doing this? We want to see the kids get better. We want to see the kids have fun. Hopefully we get to see them win some games, but that the game of fast pitch softball ends up being something that they see as an outlet to show the world what they're capable of. Um, if we can give them some support along the way, nudge them in the direction of, you know, of getting better, getting stronger, becoming a better player, I think we're all going to be happy in the long run. I just thought of one different one, Tori, too, is a lot of my students are wanting to video themselves. What about a little small, light, portable tripod that they could pop up and, uh, you know, easily video themselves hitting right. or throwing? Or yeah, with a... Uh, they're the, always trying to set it on the, yeah, on the with, netting. With, and, with an attachment that holds their smartphone the right way so they can actually yeah. get a picture. Yeah. yeah. Or, or get, a, get a good video versus, as you said, the 
put a T on top of a bucket, put the bucket in the corner, try to set your phone up, try to you know see that it's set up the right way, and hope that the whole thing doesn't go flying when you right. foul the ball off. That might be fun. Yeah. And and uh, and Don, that does make me think too that there's some you know some other technological stuff out there too, whether it's a radar gun or a swing sensor, video you know system to you know analyze your swing. There's a lot of things out there, and it covers the whole spectrum. You know, and, and I guess you know just for Andy's situation because it sounds like he's a novice and his granddaughter is a relatively inexperienced player. Uh-huh. I don't think she needs a high tech computer system to analyze her swing just yet. She might be the kid that needs a bonnet and a tee. She might the kid, be the kid that needs the square cuts training disc. She might be the kid that needs a better glove. Kind of try to you know build your momentum as you go. So what are the two? Is it Zep and Blast Motion? There's a couple that are out there that are yeah. kind of easy. and But does require some knowledge about what the information is really telling you. So I think sure. that, that there, yeah. there's a learning curve there. So but Andy, hopefully that helps. We give you about uh, 15 ideas of things that you can jump in on with your granddaughter to help her. And we would certainly encourage you to do as, as much as you can, as much as you, you feel comfortable. And I'm sure she will appreciate it because it's always great for the kids to know that there's somebody in their corner pulling for them, trying to help them be the best they can. No doubt. Good stuff. Holidays are coming. Yep. So Don, that's going to bring us to our cleanup topic. Cleanup topic this week, we want to talk about the fall signing period. So for a lot of high school age kids, the signing period, the fall signing period is like a gigantic finish line. It's like a, a reaching a major goal that many of them have set to try to become the kinds of players that have an opportunity to play college softball and to uh, get some sort of softball scholarship in, in relationship to that goal. The fall signing period starts on uh, Wednesday, November 11th and goes for a week. And I've seen dozens and dozens of posts on Facebook and Players celebrating, you know, pictures of them signing, you know, the, the family get-togethers when they have the big ceremony. First off, this is a major accomplishment. So for everybody who has gotten to this page, um, there's gotten to this point in their career, um, you all deserve a, a hearty congratulations and a pat on the back and it's a had a baby. Yeah. It, it is something that has required a lot of sacrifice and hard work for the parents, the players, the families, the coaches, everybody that's been involved, it is a real accomplishment to get to that point. But it's always the good news, bad news when we talk about uh, these different things that we see in different time frames when it happens. For every player who got to sign and is super excited and, and is confident that they know where they're going, there's a player who's sitting home wondering, well, what's next for me? I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not sure where I'm going to end up. And I want us to talk about that a little bit because if you are a senior and you didn't sign during the fall signing period, all hope is not lost. You don't have to be in a panic. You don't have to be sitting around thinking, oh, woe is me. I've got no future. Because I think that the recruiting landscape has changed so much in this last two years. Kind that, of upside down and yeah. sideways, inside out, yeah, all that stuff. Just because you didn't sign in the early signing period doesn't mean that you're not going to have an opportunity to find the right place and a good opportunity. We know that now more than ever, players leave programs, things change within programs. Coaches who you know, today think they've got their roster all set and don't have any needs and are super excited about the next three or four years with the team of kids that they have can, in a heartbeat, be looking for more players, different players, trying to fill a need or fill a hole in their, in their roster. The advice I would have for everybody who's still trying to find a home is to keep working at it, to keep going Stay keep moving touch. forward yep yeah um, i've always told players when uh, you know they start to feel like maybe it's not going to happen or their or their first dream school or wish hasn't seemed to to come true they need to spend less time worrying about 
seeming pushy or 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 being overbearing, and they need to just keep grinding away aside. at the problem <clears throat> and keep working at it. So if I'm interested in a school as a player, I'm going to keep contacting that coach. I'm going to keep sending emails. I'm going to keep sending schedules until either I pick a different school, the school that I ultimately am going to go to, or that coach flat out tells me, stop bothering me. You're a total pain in the, I don't want to hear from you ever again. And I don't know of very many coaches that would ever get to that that point to to get there. And the reason that I say keep working at it, keep sending those emails, keep sending those schedules, is as we said earlier, something's going to happen. Something's going to change. And so you know, let's say a player you know really wants to go to School X. This week, School X signed two or three players. Maybe they signed two or three players that play the same position I think I'm going to play. But I still really love the school, and I still really want to go to school there. Well, I can quit trying and you know put my tail between my legs the and walk away. Yeah. You know, yeah, the woe is me is a great way to say it, Don. And, or I can send Coach so-and-so another email saying, Coach, I know you signed a couple of players during the fall. I'm still really interested in your school. I'm going to keep working on this process because I know things can change. And I want to make sure that you remember me. I want to make sure that you know how I'm doing. I want to make sure that you are familiar with what's happening in my game and in my life so that if something does change, you'll think of me again. It's a great way to put it. And if, if you do that, when something happens, and something is going to happen, I don't care what school it is, I don't care what program it is, Somebody's going to get sick. Somebody's going to decide not to play. Somebody's going to transfer to a different school. Somebody's going to, you know, something's going to happen that that coach isn't anticipating. And I always use the analogy of, now this is going to date me, but way back when there was a show on TV called the Ed Sullivan Show, which was like <laughs> no. a talent show. And one of the things <laughs> that they would, back was yeah, that? <laughs> uh, like one of the very first things I remember watching on TV, but I can remember there was this one act where the guy had the plates and the sticks and he would spin the plates on the stick and you'd kind of get started, get one spinning and then he'd have another spinning and then he'd have 13 guy, spinning. Guy pretty good with and, that, And he? he's running back and forth like a crazy man to you know, make sure that they keep going and he's all of a sudden got you know a couple dozen plates all spinning at the same time. That's what the college coaches are doing with their roster. They got a couple dozen plates spinning at the same time and on the Ed Sullivan show, eventually what happened? One came crashing to the ground. yeah. And now, did he stop the act and go, oh, no, I blew it? He grabbed another plate, put it up on the stick, and started spinning it. Right. Well, that's what players need to be doing. They need to keep at it until they choose a different school or that coach says, stop bothering me. And I think if you keep that attitude, something good could still happen. Now, while you're doing that, you should still be looking at other schools and expanding your search and, and doing all that kind of stuff. But don't freak out. Don't panic. Don't get depressed. We've come Quit. too. We've come too far to let it go that easy. Right. Yeah. And and so we have to keep doing that stuff. And and the unfortunate thing that I keep seeing is kids do the oh poor woe is me. They they you know, want to hang their head. They want to give up and and say well you know obviously you know my dream didn't come true. I'm you know I'm, I'm a failure. And nothing could be further from the truth. So for families and players, if you signed, great. That's amazing. You should be super excited about it. Now. I'm going to tell you this. It's not the finish line that you think it is. You're just turning the page. Yeah, it's a whole new starting line because now the next uh, four or five years of your life are going to be all about convincing that college coach that you deserve to play and that you're a great player and all that kind of stuff. So it's not really a finish line. It's just a momentary celebration on your way to the next big project. But for everybody else, keep working at it. Don't get down. Don't give up on yourselves. Don't give up on your dream of playing. 
because I think that dream is still alive as long as you keep doing the stuff you're supposed to do. No, I think that's all super advice, Tori. And you and I have seen it many, many times that, you know, even a, a walk-on player that beats out a, a scholarship kid for positions happens all the time. So if it is a dream school, if it is the right school, and if it is the right level um, that we're capable of playing at, I think that's, uh, you know, still an ex- excellent opportunity to uh, pursue. And just like you said, I mean, it could be the day before you send that next email to them that a, a player walked in and said, you know what, I'm homesick. I, yep. just, I, I need to move back home. And there it is. And then your email was, you know, the next thing they saw, hey, come on, let's give this a try. So it is. it happens all the time. Yep. And, and out of sight is out of mind. So if you stop working, they're going to forget yeah, you about you and they're going to move on to somebody else that keeps working at it. You don't send it. that next email, then, yeah. then somebody else is in. So congratulations to everybody that signed. That's an, a major accomplishment. For the rest of you, keep working at it because there's still opportunities out there. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't get too sad. Just keep grinding. Keep working hard. and Something good could still happen. So, Don, our coaching tip of the week. We try not to swear on the show. Try not to curse. Try not to cuss. Every once in a while, I slip up just a little bit. But we all know that there's code for a couple of words. And whether you want it to be WTH or some other version of it. What the heck is good? I've been having some of those moments lately. Now, I will say neither of these have happened with teams that I work with. But in our facility, we have teams that come in and and do training. And the coaches are running their own thing. They'll rent a cage or two. Um, you know, they'll have their little, you know, hitting circuit set up. They'll be doing front toss or whatever they, they, they want to do. And I think that's great because obviously, you know, when the, the weather turns cold, you know, now it's getting dark at 430 at, at, in the afternoon. So time it's not like you got ton, tons yeah. of time outside after school anyhow. But watching kids get done hitting at one station, pick up their phone and check their phone and then walk to the next station, put their phone in their pocket go to work at the next station for you know their 20 or 30 swings or whatever it is, finish that one, walk to the next station and get their phone out again Tori. to check their phone is something I cannot comprehend how anybody thinks this is a good thing. And yes, I'm old. Yes, I don't get it. <laughs> but nothing is going to happen in these kids' lives in that time frame that's more important than them focusing for a half hour or 45 minutes or an hour on softball. You just said the magic word, focusing. You know that in between those peaks at their phone, that they're not thinking about doing a good job hitting an outside pitch to right field for a right-handed hitter. You know they're sitting there thinking about how they're going to respond to whatever that last message or whatever that last um, passage that they looked at on their phone. And by the time they get done taking their next 25 swings at the next station, now they're prepared to give a response or to, uh, you know, do whatever's next on their phone. Yeah. One of, one of them's taking priority, and I'm right. not sure which one it is. Well, and, and this is something I talk to kids about all the time, and this is the generation. They think they really are multitasking. They really do think they can do two or three things at the same time. That's why you but see how it all. well. Well, yeah. and you see it all the time that, you know, somebody will be sitting in the library, they'll have their headphones in, they'll have their phone out, and they'll have a book open at the same time. Which one are you doing? Right. I've heard this, you know, this goes all the way back to our generation. Well, I love listening to music when I'm studying. You know, it relaxes me. Well, then you're listening to music. You're not really studying. And there's enough science now that definitely backs this up. Your brain really can only do one thing at a time and focus on one thing at a time. So when you are 
listening to music and watching your phone and looking at that book at the same time, what your brain really does is for a half a second it looks at the book, then for a half a second it listens to music, then for a half a second it looks at the phone, and for a half a second it listens to music, and for a half a second it looks at the page, and it just bounces back and forth like this never-ending ping-pong match of focus and concentration going from one thing to the other. And so your point, Don, about how you know they're going to the next station to hit, but they're thinking about what Kim Kardashian did on whatever show or what the latest TikTok sensation just did or the new TikTok dance that they're going to have to learn. How, how can I do one just like that right. one? Or how, yeah. many, or how many likes their last TikTok video got and how they're frustrated because one of their friends who's really not that friendly has a TikTok that got more likes and more views, and so now they have to figure out something that's going to beat it. And then they wonder, why, why do I keep knocking the tea down? <laughs> yeah. Then all of a sudden they put the phone back in their pocket, and they're still thinking about whatever those other things are, they take 20 jacked up, messed up swings that really don't accomplish very much because their focus is nowhere near. And now I understand that times have changed a lot. You know, I mean, the, the, <laughs> the phone is something that's just you part of our lives. Give the, them an inch. Yeah, the device is something that's part of our lives. But yeah. we know that kids, and, and really honestly a lot of people, because I think this is an older person problem too, are addicted to their device. They are like crackheads when it comes to scrolling through their feed. So our young, our young coach is listening. And, but we have to change the tone here. That's we have to help them understand that you know, softball and hitting, and that's what this team was working on, hitting, is if it's not the hardest thing you can possibly do in any athletic endeavor on the planet, I don't know what else is. I mean, you know, the, the whole, you know, we already know round bat, round ball, both things are moving. Never you know, the trying, same. Trying to put it together. Different spot, yeah, different everything speed. changes every single pitch is pretty complicated already. And that was when we thought we were really focusing on trying to hit. Well, now we're trying to think about hitting while we're thinking about all these other things. Your phone's saying, hey, look over here. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and it really is sort of like that addiction where it's just like, oh my gosh, if I don't have my phone every 30 seconds, I'm going to lose my mind. You know, and, and yes, I get it. Sometimes big things do happen. But my guess is if some sort of emergency happens in your life, that somebody needs to get in touch with you right away, it's not going to be what you find scrolling mindlessly through your social Twitter page media. or your social media. It's going to be somebody's going to call you on your phone. It you're will gonna ring. Yeah, you're going to recognize the ring. It's going to say, you know, you're going to hear the prompt that says, you know, Don McKinley, Don McKinley. And you're going, oh, shoot, Don's calling. Something big must be happening. I'm going to pick so up my phone and answer, answer it. Yeah. Okay. So, but it kind of makes me think about, I don't know if you saw this on the news or not, but there was a guy who was lost in the woods for like four or five days, and his phone rang like 15 times from the same number, and he didn't answer it because he didn't know who the person was calling him. But the area said unknown, yeah. Right, so because yeah. it was an unknown caller or whatever, he kept wandering around lost in the woods for a couple extra days, <laughs> and when they finally found him, he's like, well, we tried calling you, and and you know, and he's like, well, yeah, I don't answer uh, unidentified calls, like. Well, that, maybe if you're lost in the woods, that might be a good time a good to do time it. Just to talk to somebody. Yeah, just just to you know, even a telemarketer might be able to help you. <laughs> you know, so, but anyhow, so my what the moment was watching these kids go through a hitting station. So, let's just put this all in perspective. Their coach has rented two cages and paid money for them to hit. Right. He's gone through enough time and effort, enough planning Take, and forethought to think of time out of his day, uh, right, too. and yeah. to plan front toss and three more drills for the kids to do because he thinks those are important 
for them to get ready to play in their games, uh, which I'm sure are this weekend. To be successful and happy and excited, yeah. And the, the players on his team are just as busy checking out their <laughs> phones, maybe even busier checking out their phones than right. they are working on the stuff that he's got planned for them in practice. So what's the moral to the story? I think it's time for us to talk about it's okay to tell your kids from the minute you walk through the gate at practice to the minute you leave, your phone stays in its bag. And I think the solution is have your coach give his or her phone number to your parents and they can call him if some emergency really does happen during that hour and a half or two hours or three hours that we're at practice. That makes sense to me, Tori. Yeah. And then we can start working on breaking these kids of the habit of staring at their phone. You know, the other part about this that always breaks my heart, and I see this all the time, we'll go out for a team dinner. We'll have, you know, eight or 10 or 12 kids sitting around a big table together, and all 12 of them are staring at their phone. They're not talking to each other. They're not engaged with each other. They're not talking this to each team other. This team-building moment isn't... Yeah, yeah there's, there's nothing going on. Again, I realize I'm old. I understand I don't love technology the way that other people do. I'm not as you know ingrained in it. And I have to admit, I mean, I, I check my phone you know periodically throughout the day, too, just to check. You understand the addiction? Right. But I wouldn't be checking my phone in between swings at a practice. I wouldn't be checking my phone in between stations at a practice, and I wouldn't have my phone in my pocket to distract me while I'm supposed to be working on getting ready to play this weekend. So we've talked a couple times about it too, Tori, in in practices and just with the current times of creating an opportunity. It's a water break, a bathroom break, and a look at your phone break at the 30-minute mark or at the 45-minute mark of practice. We're all going to do it. We're all going to do it at the same time. Don't need to worry about it because that's when it's going to happen. It's not going to be when you think you can sneak over and grab your phone. It's not going to be when you think that you can get away with, you know, taking some time out on your own. It's built into, you know, our whole routine. So don't worry about it. It'll be there. And uh, we're going to get a good practice in. Right. And and you can, you know, lay out the parameters of it. Hey, we're going to have a two-minute break. You can drink water. You can talk to your friends. You can look at your phone, but you get two minutes. Yep. Be cautious because if you give them an inch, yeah, but I, but you have to you have to stick with it and yep. you have to stick to it. For the coaches that are have at least in my opinion been making this mistake, it's time to turn that around. I know young we all coaches, want, young coaches don't let it happen. Yeah, and I uh, and I know we think we can multitask. I know we think we can really do all these things equally well simultaneously, but it's proven that it doesn't really work that way. And what we're doing is cheating ourselves. I have this discussion all the time. Do you want to be really good at one thing? You want to be mediocre at two? Or do you want to suck at three? And if you're trying to do three things at the same time, guess what? You get number three. You get number three. I mean, it's just the the way it is. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And some of these kids, I think, are, are on four or five or six things at the same time. And that, to me, is is really a scary thing when we think about trying to put a team together and trying to have a successful team and then trying to not have to be frustrated all summer long because we keep losing and we keep playing badly and it doesn't seem like no matter how much we spend working on this stuff at practice that nothing ever gets better. Well, we work on that every week. Well, if we're working on it every week and the kids are, are stopping in, you know, halfway through the drill to check their phone, chances are they're not remembering how to do the bunt coverages or the first and third or the specialty plays or the hitting the ball hard when the game's on the line. So let's cut this off before it becomes a problem and just establish these guidelines in our team meetings at the beginning of the year and revisit them in the middle of the year and um, ensure that we're going to have a good tail end or final part of that season. Yeah, and, and the kid who sneaks a peek at her phone does push-ups or <laughs> sit-ups or crunches or runs laps until her tongue falls out. No, no, I say everybody else does. 
Oh, there you go. Stay. And another part of it, Don, just to make sure we're all on the same page, is the coaches need to set the same example. If you're the coach, they never look at their phone. Checking do they? your phone in between pitches while you're throwing front toss, that's a big problem. They don't too. do that, do they? Well, I would hope they set some sort of alarm so that if it's an emergency <laughs> call, they they can take time to check it. Because you know, we just said we're going to give our uh, all the parents a phone number to call so that if something bad happens, they can you know they can interrupt practice and get my attention. That means you don't stop and look at your phone so that you can scroll through Twitter to see what. And, uh, and there's you know, no excuse that you're checking your emails for work, right? Not at practice. <laughs> or we need somebody else to be doing to the be drills. Doing the coaching. Yeah, yeah, somebody else be doing the coaching so you can check your emails. Right. So, and and I don't think there's any middle ground on that. I think that's part of the the so challenge for all of us. That's a good example. That's a yeah. great idea. All right, so Don, that's going to wrap up number one ninety. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed today's show. As always, please make sure you reach out to us with questions, comments, or suggestions at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. Check out the fastpitchprep.com website. Tons of information there. Uh, over 700 blogs, uh, the YouTube channel. You can order your Square Cuts training discs. They're there, $49.95 a dozen. As always, please make sure you support our sponsors, Anderson Bat. Uh, use the EFP20 discount and save yourself some money and help us at the same time. Become a patron if you can, patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.